It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. As an entrepreneur, you started your business to follow your passion and not to spend your evenings doing bookkeeping. That's why VancouverEntrepreneur.ca uses Legacy Advantage. Let me tell you, they are a great CPA level bookkeeping firm. Let Legacy take the bookkeeping task off your hands so you can have more time to pursue your dreams. You will get peace of mind knowing that the bookkeeping is done and the tax authorities are off your back. Visit LegacyAdvantage.ca and if you mention that you came from Vancouver Entrepreneur Podcast, they will give you a $100 credit to apply towards your first month. You simply can't beat that. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to today with VancouverEntrepreneur.ca, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Melanie Ewan is managing partner at local startup advisory firm Volition, where she oversees operations and communications in addition to working with entrepreneurs on funding research and grant writing projects. As COO and Head of Research at Women in Tech World, a national grassroots organization based out of Vancouver, Melanie took to the road for two months this past fall to provide a platform for Canadian women in tech and their allies and advocates to share their experiences and ideas for creating more inclusive and diverse tech communities nationwide. When Melanie isn't working with clients, colleagues, and community members, she can be found traveling. Well, Melanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thanks for, so much for having me on, Robert. Great. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in North Vancouver, so I'm a local um, I'm a local to Vancouver. I, uh, when I was about 16, I moved out of my parents' house and I went straight into working for the federal public service and spent about a decade there. Now I've always been someone who can't just do one thing. So I love having any, anywhere upwards of 10 projects on the go at the same time. It's just the way that my brain works. It's the way that I keep passionate about what I'm working on. So while I was working in the government for 10 years where I was doing HR, information management type projects, um, as well as executive correspondence, working on a lot of different interesting environmental projects that were going on in BC at the time. Um, I was also volunteering in many different capacities for various online publications in Vancouver. Um, I did food critic review for a while. I um, worked with a social enterprise that, that was doing green event management I um, was a fundraising team leader for a lot of different types of activities, like with the MS Society, doing their MS Walk, um, as well as was a community manager, volunteer manager um, at a couple of different charities. Um, and I just, I loved, I always loved the advocacy piece. I always loved keeping busy. Um, so when I was 
24, so about halfway through my journey in the Federal Public Service, I also went back to university, or I went to university, not, not back, I should say, because I hadn't gone to in the first place. Uh, and I went to um, into a degree in health sciences, specifically in public uh, public health. I was really interested in community-based research and, and, and taking community first approach to action planning and community development. So that really appealed to me, um, learning about um, health in a really holistic way. So talking about social health and environmental health. And, and through that, I got involved with a uh, poverty reduction team here in Vancouver as well. And that was a really amazing space to be in. And I, I learned a lot. That's when I first started getting into grant writing, uh, working in that space and absolutely loved it. Now, the thing I learned when I got out of university is that I no longer wanted to be in the federal public service. It was just not me. I, I kept thinking, okay, so I'm doing all of these other jobs at the same time, clearly I'm not getting, uh, something's not feeding me in this in this role and sitting in my desk and I feel like I'm not making a, a difference really and I want to be more actively involved in my community. So at the time I'd been working at lowerlonsdale.ca as a writer and that was owned by um, Paul Broussard who's a, a local entrepreneur here in Vancouver who's been an entrepreneur here for about 20 years. And I sat down with him one day and I said, Paul, I want to learn more about what you do as an entrepreneur. I want to learn about the for-profit space. I've worked in charities and federal government and social enterprise um, for many years, and I want to understand. And he started talking. It's like, so what are we? Where should we start? And 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 what do you know? And I said, no, no, Paul, I don't know anything. Like, I really want. I don't know anything. This is the this is a blank slate situation. Um, so he really started at the beginning. And after about two hours of us talking about his life as an entrepreneur, uh, he said to me, okay, so. You're working in the federal public service right now, but the thing is that I want you on my team. How can I make that happen? Um, I he loved building great teams, and he saw something in me. Thankfully, that he he wanted to to have within his team as well. So I said, okay, let me give me give me some time. Like working the government, I know I don't want to work here, but it's also it has has uh, such an amazing safety net, and it's scary to leave it. So I, it took me about six months, and then uh, it was. What, September 2015 at that point, and I finally left, and I joined Paul at what was then called Elevator Ventures, um, which evolved into Volition this past year. So I've been with Elevator, or I've been with what was then Elevator Ventures uh, since September 2015. I started in a role that was administrative and communications based because I had both those backgrounds, and I said to him, I get that I'm new in this space and you need an admin, admin assistant and you need communications. So I will come and work here if it's like a 60, 40 split between those two different jobs. And he was happy with that. So I started doing that. And within about six months, I'd moved into a project manager role. And then after I'd been there for about a year and a half, I, I realized that I'd gotten a sense of the space. I'd fallen in love with entrepreneurship. I fall in love with, with uh, startups and the tech and how motivated everyone is in this space and, um, that they have these big dreams and they just go for it. And it's the most beautiful thing to bear witness to and to be a part of. So after about a year and a half, after I felt like I kind of got the space, I said, Hey Paul, um, I actually have tons of experience. That's really, really useful to bring to startups. I have, I, I've been professionally writing for eight years. I have a really good understanding of the federal public service as well as other, um, sectors. And I can bring that, that, that writing piece and that grant research piece. I'd also worked in academia as a research assistant for a few years. So um, that's when we started moving me into consultant role, and also I was kind of being groomed into a, a managing partner position, um, along with our my my colleague Tyler Higgs, who works on the branding side, um, UI UX. He's an amazing artist, 
and he uh, he was the is the third managing partner in in what's now Volition. So uh, we transformed to Volition this past summer, and the three of us, so Paul and Tyler and myself, we're all managing partners in the firm now. And we've essentially just spent the last two and a half years building community and really refining our value proposition and who we want to be and what our vision is for uh, now Volition and for the community that we are in. Um, a big part of that has been events. So we do put on a pitch practice event every month for the community here in Vancouver, as well as we've done one in Toronto and are looking to expand. And that's once a month. It's a free event for the community. It's an amazing space. We get up to 15 events pitching, uh, sorry, up to 15 companies pitching at every pitch practice event. We have up to 100 people coming to each event from the startup community. And we have each company comes, they do their 90-second pitch. They have a feedback panel who gives them tips on how to be more uh, investor-ready, how to refine their pitch and presentation. Um, and then we have the audience vote on the top three who uh, top three pitchers of the evening, and those top three pitchers get various prizes, including a preview spot at a Vantech Angel Network meeting. Okay. So that's um, a yeah. really amazing thing that we do. Yeah, I, was, I just <laughs> attended the women's pitch one, which I thought yeah, was really did. good. Yeah, you did. Okay, now, did you need financing to start your company, and how do you currently make money in your business now? Um, so this is all, it's, it's sweat equity. It is our passion project. We have just put in our own time and effort and money um, to date into this, to this um, venture of ours. Um, as we're moving forward, so uh, today was budget day, so I sat down and spent about eight hours looking at our 2018 budget and what our vision and goals are for the next year, and we're spending the next two weeks also doing a lot of strategic and visioning sessions to, to sort that piece out. Our business model is that we are advisors and consultants, so there's the three of us, but we also have additional advisors um, on the Volition team now who work in things like sales and biz dev and digital marketing. Um, so essentially whatever a... A startup could need, which any that's anywhere from ideation to let's say Series A. Um, they could come to us and say, "Hey, I need coaching on on investor prep, pitch and presentation. I need UI UX audit. I need um, it, funding research, grant research, and and uh, grant writing um, services." Then we have a fee based system, or and and we're kind of evolving that into project based. Um, fees that we're going to have in place as well. And we're still reacting to the market and kind of adjusting things along the way. We're moving into doing more events because we've been able to grow that community quite a bit. We have a, a large sponsorship model, model in place for our events because they're amazing. And we're moving into not doing, just doing the pitch practice events, but also doing investor pitch nights and a, and a variety of other events that we have in the pipeline. So we're also starting to manage events for companies that want to do industry-specific pitch nights or other types of events. So it's kind of, we have this events division and then we have the consulting and advising piece as well. Okay. Now what is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC or even Canada? Yes, absolutely. So a big thing for me is to have the national lens and that really came from being on the road for the past, uh, two and a half months. Um, so I went all the way up to the Yukon and then went all the way across Canada in an RV, stopped in 31 different communities. So saw rural Canada, saw urban centers, went all the way to Newfoundland. And it was such an amazing experience to meet people in these tech communities across Canada and to absolutely fall in love with the variety of this that we have in this country, but also to realize that we're very 
um, privileged here in Vancouver. We have an amazing community. We have a lot of resources. And that's not the case everywhere you go. And yet there are entrepreneurs everywhere you go. And so it's a matter of wanting to make new touch points, to to connect with people. And right now we are looking at Calgary and Toronto um, and potentially Ottawa. And that's simply because we have partners and sponsors and contacts in those spaces right now. We've already done one event in Toronto and it was a huge success. And that was in, in um, early October, a women's pitch night. And I would love to do more of those there. Um, so those are kind of the next place. And Prince George as well. We've just created a really great partnership with, um, with uh, a team in Prince George so we can start doing some, some like broadcasting of events and see how that works out and then move into to bringing more events into the space. So we are taking an events approach to our national expansion, but we are looking at going Canada wide right now. And then we'll see what happens in the national vision. As you mentioned, I do love to travel and I do tend to go, um, I go to England quite a bit. I go down to LA quite a bit. So we'll see what happens in the future, but Definitely national expansion. Um, really growing our team is going to be key and bringing in really high quality people to our team. Um, and then I will be able to tell you more in the, within the next two or three weeks after I've done all my visioning sessions. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, well, we've learned a lot about you and yeah. you've learned a lot about your company. So we want to focus a little bit on Vancouver and what it's like to do business mm -hmm. here. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can mm -hmm. keep an eye out for them. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. It's something I've been thinking about quite a bit since I've been on this tour and seeing all of the benefits of being benefits and drawbacks of being in a lot of different areas. And I know a big thing that people always say is the Vancouver community is amazing. And I would agree with that. It's been a very welcoming space for me to be in. Um, I think there's a saying about how the thing you love about, about someone is also the thing that you hate about them. Um, and I would say that's true for Vancouver. Vancouver is my home and I love it. Um, we have this laid back lifestyle thing, which I love because I grew up here and I grew up on the mountainside playground of North Vancouver and I love to, to have time off to go, to go snowboarding and to, um, have a really relaxed pace of life and, and to be able to breathe and have a rhythm to my life. And that's really what people value in Vancouver. I found, um, and that's what we're known for across Canada at least is for having that laid back lifestyle. And, and we're known for poaching people from other areas of the country for that reason. Um, so that's something I love and that there's a community around that of people who want to have these lifestyle businesses and have, um, space to breathe and, and play. But on the flip side of that, um, the piece around what, what I, the thing that I, uh, what you love about something is the thing you hate about it is that it means that things go at a slower pace and that that's also something that we're known for across Canada, uh, is that Vancouver, Vancouver business. We just, so if I said to you, let's have coffee, I know in Vancouver, that might mean three up to three weeks from now. If I said that in Toronto, New York or San Francisco, it might be, it would be like in the next 24 hours or something to that effect. It's just a completely different pace of life. Um, in other, and, and, and the drawback of course, of having a faster pace of life and pace of pace, pace of business is that, um, that of course you don't have, it's harder to get that rhythm in your life, but then you also just things seem to happen at a different rate of change. And there's just like, I don't know how to explain it. There's like a, like there's an energy in these places where, where things are 
where the focus is business, there's a different energy of just like, we're going to make it happen. And it's the startup energy, but it's at a whole next level. Um, so to me, that's kind of the, the good and the bad of Vancouver is the, the laid back lifestyle. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, the community here is amazing. Um, and there's a lot of resources that new entrepreneurs, um, or entrepreneurs of all, um, wherever they are in their journey, there's lots of resources here and that's only growing. So we'll see what happens. I think we're very much an evolving startup ecosystem here. Um, so we'll see, I think my answer will be probably very different in the next two years. Okay. Well, we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired or just think about your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here? No, of course not. True Vancouverites, the rain doesn't get you down. <laughs> um, for me, oh, I... The the ocean and the mountains are my muse. That's what I absolutely love. I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate to live in Lower Lonsdale right now. So it kind of depends on my mood in that I'm either going to walk down to the quay and there's a dock down at Lonsdale Quay. I don't know if any listeners haven't been there, but if you haven't been there, um, it's this wonderful long dock out into the middle of the water. And you can, I just go down there, especially like the first snowfall of the year. And you go down there and you sit and it's quiet and all you can hear is like, making the new footprints in the new snow and it's just crunching and it's lovely and the water's churning. And I just, that is my happy place is down on the dock at Lonsdale Key. Um, but also, as I mentioned, I, I do snowboard, um, re recent snowboard. It's my third year this year. And so being atop Cypress mountain on panorama, um, and seeing Vancouver from that space, um, day or night, it's, I can just take a really big breath and that's such a beautiful place for me. Um, but honestly, like North Vancouver is my, uh, my place. It's where I go. Every time I have writer's block, I just go on a run around my neighborhood, um, try to make my way to the forest or somewhere, um, that's not concrete, but, but there's so many different places. I love, um, Quarry Rock. I used to go and do Quarry Rock hike every week. I used to go and do the gross grind every couple weeks. It's there's so there's no, there's no end of, of places you can go here. Right. Spoken like a true West Coast girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, this next question, we have, I want you to speak to our international listeners and, and imagine if you were them. If you were to start all over again and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Well... I listen to this podcast <laughs> among other, there's many amazing uh, podcasts here in Vancouver that introduce you to the big, the big, um, the big voices in the community. Um, it's interesting because I just, I just got involved in this community about two and a half years ago and I didn't know anyone in it. So I'm obviously not new to Vancouver and I worked in for many years in um, the event space in Vancouver. So I was already aware of the fact that while a lot of people say there's nothing going on here, there are multiple events going on every single night. And it's a matter of knowing where to look to find them, which you hear in a lot of communities. It's, you have to know where to look. So, um, for instance, the BC tech association, they have a great events calendar on their website. You can go to, um, there's so many resources. I know a lot of the women's resources right now, cause that's just top of mind for me. Um, like women's enterprise center is a fantastic place to go with great rent resources, raise collective, um, amazing women who have started that 
initiative and they're doing some really great things for new entrepreneurs. They have a new program just launching in January. Um, I can't, I can't remember the name of it right now, but if you look up Raise Collective, you would see it. And it's for people who are just trying to figure out if they even, if they need to do an investor round, if they need to raise and what that would mean and what that looks like. Um, of course we have, we have Lighthouse Labs, we have Launch Academy, we have Spring, we have Volition. You can always come to Volition and all of our events. We now have a new website up um, with uh, that will have all of our events up on there come the new year. And all of our pitch nights are free, as I mentioned, and amazing, a really good quality audience. So a matter, like Vancouver's about, as many places are about, it's about who you know. Um, and to know that it is a welcoming community and it's, and there are events on all the time. And it does take that time up front to go to the events. I know that's really, it can be very difficult for a lot of people, depending on what your time situation is like, um, which is unfortunate. There are weekday events. Um, so I know SFU puts on lunch and learns that a lot of people will go to. Um, there's, uh, there's, there are Facebook groups that you can tap into as well. Um, girl gangs, a really great one for women to get involved with and city business babes is another good one for women entrepreneurs. Um, but there's ones for people, all walks of life also going into any co-working space, which they're just popping up, um, all over the place in Vancouver. They tend to be really plugged into the community as well. So creative coworkers, l'atelier, the profile, um, we work is obviously coming to Vancouver. So there's just, there's no, there's no end of resources, but it does take, like Vancouver is known for being unfriendly, um, in general to, to newcomers, but it's just a matter of getting out there and, and connecting with people and knowing that everyone is open for having a cup of coffee with you. So get on LinkedIn and look up Vancouver businesses and just start messaging people and say, Hey, I'd love to go for coffee or can I take you out for a coffee? I just want to learn more about the community. And you'd be surprised how many people say yes. Yes, just like how we met. You were exactly. doing, you were speaking, and I had to leave. And I said, "I got to get your card." And yeah. next thing you know, here we are. Exactly. Okay, what does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not right now. <laughs> it's it's such a it's it's bad. It's been um, the last eight months of my life have been unhealthily busy. I would say, but. That being said, I did create a morning um, routine last December that I love and I tell everyone about it and I want to get back to it. So, um, it was, yeah, it was about this time last year that I was saying uh, out loud and to myself that that I wanted to get a good morning routine in place because I really understood that that's what sets you up for a good day. And especially being a writer, I like to be in a really good headspace when I w- and I want to be able to write every day because that's how you become a better writer is to nourish that. So what I was doing, I'd been going to a personal training trainer for a couple of years at the time, and we were always doing these high, high intensity intervals. So I thought, okay, could I do a high intensity interval for my mind and body? And because the theory behind those is that everyone has 12 minutes and everyone has 12 minutes in the morning. You just set your alarm 12 minutes earlier. So what I was doing is I was getting up and I was doing four minutes of meditation, um, uh, sorry, three minutes, three minutes of meditation Three minutes. That's short. Uh, Three minutes. I know. Well, and that's the thing is that over time you realize you have more time, but this is just how you start (laughs) is by doing three minutes of meditation, three minutes of stretching, three minutes of exercise, and then three minutes of writing. 
And that was my 12 minute hit. And then I, I, and that's where I started in January. And then by about March, I'd gotten to doing five minutes. Five, so it was a 20 minute session, five minute meditation, five minute uh, stretch, five minute exercise, five minute writing. And I also found if I started writing for five minutes, I just wouldn't stop. So I would end up writing for about 20 minutes, which is a really great amount of time to write per day. So it was just a way to kind of get me in a really good headspace. It, it allowed me to wake up um, and feel grounded and centered. And that's, that was my morning routine. And I loved it. My morning routine. Now I do keep my cell phone out of the bedroom. I don't believe in having to, to, I don't like having waking up and looking at my phone right away. Um, so I don't have that in there. I'll get up usually now I'll make a cup of tea and I'll sit in my favorite reading chair for a couple of minutes and then I'll start getting going with my day. But I did find that this 12 to 20 minute practice I had early in the, earlier in the year was a better way to start my day. So it's uh, it's on my list of, of things to get back to. Good. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? Um, I think everyone's weird and unique. <laughs> so, um, I mean, everyone has ideas and it's, I really struggled with this concept of entrepreneurism and entrepreneurialism. I don't even know how to, to say it appropriately. So because I, it's not until very recently that I started owning the title for myself. Um, cause I would just say, Oh, I just have ideas and I make things happen and, and I, I'm not going to take on that title. And, and it took like quite a few people saying, um, or challenging me to start using that, that word or title when I'm talking about myself, um, to start using it. Like I'm talking within the last like couple of months, months essentially. Um, so I think that, that yes, in a way, because I kind of, I guess it depends on what kind of entrepreneur you want to be though. And I find a lot of entrepreneurs are, are unique in that they are privileged in that they found something that they are so excited about. And I would love to see many more people finding that thing that they're so excited about that they're willing to go next level to that for that. Like for myself, like stepping out of that comfort zone of being in a, in a very cushy position for 10 years into a free fall of no idea where the next paycheck's going, working literally from 7 a.m. until 1 a.m., not seeing friends and family as much, not being able to do the things I want to do as much, and really having to work very hard to still be healthy. And it is, it's exhausting, and most of my friends say they don't understand how I can possibly do it. They don't understand where I find the hours in the day. Um, but I, but those, but all my friends, like everyone who's saying that, is, they're like unique and, and kooky people as well, because I think, I think everyone is once you get to know them. So I don't know, it's kind of a hard question. I feel like everyone has it, potentially in them, but it's a matter of finding that thing, like believing, believing that you can do it, which is kind of a next level confidence. It's not, I don't even think confidence is the right word. Um, believing you can just do it and, and then letting go of the fear. And there's so much fear around it. And I meet even early stage entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, as some people might call them, that they're just trying to figure out if they even want it that much or if they're willing to take on the fear that's going to come with it. So it's, it's not so much being like weird and kooky and all these pieces, which I love. And I think those are very positive words, but it's, it's like, a I haven't, I found, haven't found the right word to be honest, Robert. Like okay. it's not confidence is not the right word, but it's yeah. something around there. Yeah. 
What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listening, for listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? I've been asked this a few times recently, and I don't have a good answer for that. I Right now, when I have time to read, I gravitate towards fiction. I have a long list of books that I want to read that I've heard are from podcasts such as this one that are really, really good. Honestly, my favorite book and one that keeps me um, inspired is Anne of Green Gables. And I know that's not an entrepreneur book whatsoever, but for me, it kind of, when I, when I reread that a couple of years ago, it brought me back to, cause that character of Anne, Anne of Green Gables, she's very, um, she's very kooky. Like everything you just described about what an entrepreneur is like, she's very kooky and she's very, uh, confident and she knows what she wants and she goes for it. And I realized when I reread it a couple of years ago that I'd lost that, that passion and I wanted to re refine that. It became my goal to become become more like that, to get to tap into my creative side, to let go of the fears, to realize that I can do what I want to do. So it's kind of an odd one, and I I, I, I can't imagine anyone else would have mentioned Anna Green Gables as potentially their <laughs> source of, of inspiration, but I think you can find that inspiration anywhere in any character. And um, But I, did, I do want to do a plug for a book, um, which is Pamela, uh, which is Paulina Cameron's uh, Kenda 150 Woman, which just hit the shelves uh, recently. So Paulina is a local writer and she works at Futurepreneur and she's amazing. Um, and she's been work she'd been working on these interviews with 150 women in Canada who are absolutely outstanding. And she's been, she did it in a crazy turnaround time, like six months and got on the shelves. They're all over the place. It's a really great book. I went to the book launch, got the book, um, very inspiring. So that's my, my plug for it. That's something I guess I'm, I guess I'm reading. It's kind of, it's sitting on my, on my chair in the living room when I flip through it. Um, that's a good one. Good. Any online or offline tools that you like to use on a daily basis? Um, I have so many. I mean, uh, I guess all the, the normal the main ones. ones. The main ones. What would, yeah, would be your top I mean, two? Slack yeah. and and, and uh, Google Drive is absolutely everything. I've tried lots of different, more exciting tools, and the Drive I, I keep coming back to. I use zoom for meetings. Um, I've used Mixmax. I have a love affair with, uh, being really organized and having bring forward mechanisms in place. That's from my years in the government of constantly needing to be reminded of, of emails. So, uh, Mixmax is kind of like an email tool that allows you to, to mark things to, for you to be reminded of it and you can add notes and stuff. So that's a, that's kind of a favorite of mine. Um, but no, I use, I, and, uh, Snapseed is my favorite tool for photo editing on mobile. Um, it's very cool. It's kind of like Photoshop. So that's a great one. If you're wanting to curate your Instagram feed a bit better. Okay. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? Um, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing, uh, to be honest. And I don't, I know that's not that exciting of an answer probably, but between volition and women in tech world, I mean, with women in tech world, I get to be surrounded by extremely motivational women all the time. And going across Canada was an absolute, uh, it was, it was, I don't even have words. It was an amazing, amazing journey. And I learned so much along the way and that was all volunteer time. Um, but so worth it. And now I'm getting to work with my research team back here in Vancouver and we're developing the national report um, and analyzing all the data. We talked to over 800 women across a uh, woman and men across Canada. That's, that's the dream. Like when I, when I heard about 
Driving WinTech, which was the research tour I was on, heard about it in June, um, or sorry, not June, April. And I was, I was like, this is my entire life has, has led up to this moment. Essentially everything I've learned was for this and it's everything I've ever wanted to do. So between Volition, where I get to, to work with entrepreneurs and, and people who make things happen and women in tech world, where I get to take the, apply my, my, my knowledge in community-based research and learning, I have my dream situation right now. Um, the only thing I'd say is there's always been two parts of me. The other part of me is the artist and the writer. So sometimes I dream of running off to a cabin and just doing puzzles and reading and writing and, and painting all day long. And, but I know I'd get, I'd get bored of that and I'd get into some volunteer and advocacy work along the way anyways. So, um, that's kind of the two, the two parts of me, but, but I really, really do love what I do. And it's something that everyone in my life can see. And the reason they say, even though I don't understand how you're working so hard, I get it because you've never been happier. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. I would not go back to a nine to five working in front of the computer, working for someone on projects that I don't feel like I'm making any impact on. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Um, my, so my mom used to say to me, you, you can only do uh, or you do what you can with what you have at the time. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it was. You do what you can with what you have at the time. And I really like that because I think it's motivational and that you do what you can and you, and what you have at the time is always going to be changing. So it's also that, that piece around being forgiving to yourself because there's going to be in t- your t- times in your life where you have so much energy and you, everything's falling into place and there's no obstacles in the way and you can just give it absolutely everything, every last inch of you, you can give to the project that you're on or you can decide to do that actively. But then there's going to be other times in your life where you just can't and you can only do as much as your physical and emotional well-being is allowing you to do. And I think also that quote for me has really helped me to understand other people's actions and to realize that even though you might not understand why people are making the choices that they're making, um, they're doing generally the best they can with what they have. We might not understand because we don't understand where they're coming from, but it gives you that space to realize, okay, so where are they coming from? What is the best that they have? And let's talk about that and try to understand that as opposed to jumping to some arbitrary conclusion about what, about why they're acting the way they are or choosing to do the things the way they are. And it's really helped me to, um, to have a different lens and to be more forgiving of myself and others and to realize that we're all just doing our best. And that's a big, a big thing to me. Um, so I think that that's like, it's, it's an interesting one that I never thought when my mom used to always say it, I never thought that I would ever be requoting it or that it would help me in such a way. But I think it's, it's a good one. What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Um, you can't do that. I think I've always had a problem with authority. So people telling me I can't do things. Um, I don't like that. No. Okay. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Oh, um, Hmm. Hmm. One or two words to describe myself. I've always been really bad at questions like this. Uh, you got lots of energy. That could be one. Uh, yeah, well, you tell me the one or two words. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, 
I don't, I've never thought of energy as a word to describe myself, but, but, uh, sure. Let's go with, let's go with energy. Um, I'm like looking around the room trying to get inspiration for this, uh, adventure, I think, or I want to say something around like the, the fact that I, what feeds me is, is being challenged and learning and growing. So something around adventurer, but adventure, not in just the sense of traveling, but also adventurer in life and that I like to take different paths and learn new things. So let's go with adventurer and, uh, energy, energy. Sure. Yeah. What keeps you up at night? If anything, um, I was up all night last night and I was thinking about, what was I thinking about? I usually, usually the reason I'd be up all night, all night is cause I haven't taken the time to think through a problem or whether, or I shouldn't say problem, like an issue, something good or bad, um, that's going on in my life. I, I tend to, to really think things through. I don't like the term overthink. Um, that would be another thing I hate it when people say this over to me is that I overthink things. Um, it's like, well, it's just my way of processing. I just, I just think things through a lot. And sometimes that does keep me up at night and I should have learned by now to write things down when I'm thinking about them at night. I do have a notepad next to my bed for that purpose, but that's probably what keeps me. It's, it's never the same thing twice, but it's always something that there's, there's a, a barrier or a challenge or an exciting thing happening the next day. And I'm thinking through how I'm going to address that. Okay. Give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be a bucket list of stuff you want to do, whether TEDx talk, write books, travel more, mm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. I want to live somewhere outside of Vancouver for uh, at least a year. Um, cause I have traveled a lot, but I've never, and I've lived in places for about three months, but I'd like to live somewhere and really sink my teeth into that place for at least a year. And that might be Montreal. That might be, um, LA or probably London at some point. Um, just my partner's from England. So, uh, that's likely, uh, I want to do that. I've always wanted to write a book, so I have ideas on the go and I surround myself with motivation to write my book, but I have not done it yet. Um, and I don't know even what it's going to look like, but that's a life goal is to, to write a book. So, um, live somewhere else for, for at least a year, write a book. Um, what's another one. TEDx talk. I've never considered that, but sure. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout British Columbia? Um, advice I've received throughout British Columbia. Um, Someone told you something, said, ah, yeah, that sounds about right to be. No, I think my biggest piece of advice is just to, to iterate on what, or to reiterate what I said um, earlier, which is you never know what can come for, from a conversation. So that's what, that's our motto at Volition. You never know what can come from a conversation. Just start the conversation in any way possible. Say hello to people. People are friendly. I love talking to people. Um, so if you see me anywhere or if you want, if you find me on LinkedIn, please do reach out. Um, definitely trying to broaden the BC scope, uh, of within Volition and within my own horizons. And I think there's some amazing stuff going on in, in the province. I heard someone say in, um, where was it? Brandon, Manitoba, a woman said that 
you become very resourceful when you don't have resources. And that's something beautiful that I noticed in rural areas in particular or smaller smaller cities that don't have the kind of resources that we have in Vancouver, that they become very creative and very resourceful. They realize that their customer base isn't just their city. So they're thinking global already. They're thinking outside the box in, in their marketing schemes and everything that they're doing, which I think that we don't do as much as we should here in Vancouver. So I think like my piece of advice for BC, um, not that I've heard it from anyone else, but is just to start thinking outside of our own city, start making more connections because it's only going to be good for us to start collaborating with entrepreneurs across BC and to not expect them to come to Vancouver. They shouldn't have to in our digital age. There are a lot of Wi-Fi problems in BC and connectivity problems in general, which I would love to have addressed. But in, I think like creating those networks of collaboration, there's so many people doing so many amazing things and we tend to get really siloed, especially in Vancouver. We tend to be competitive and we don't need to be. We have the same end goals. And when you put, when you raise each other up, you only raise yourself up as well. And that's not just a platitude. That's something that I believe and I know to be very true. And I think that BC could be doing such amazing things if we just work together in bigger ways and started seeing the opportunities and entrepreneurs that are everywhere. Okay. Okay, Melanie, are you ready to have some fun? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? Mm, I think I'd... Uh, okay. So I feel like I, I would be... It would take me about a couple weeks to just get out of my mindset, like how I was saying that there's two parts of me, the one who's always wanted to do stuff and the one who just wants to chill out. So it takes me about two weeks usually to get out of the, the mindset of wanting to just do stuff and kind of panicking about the fact that I'm not getting stuff done. Um, but once I'd kind of gotten over that, so do I, do I know, do I have a, somewhere to live here on this Island? Uh, it's up to you. What, what, okay. There's a phone booth. So it's gotta, it's gotta go somewhere, right? Right. Cause I'd want to learn how to make I've always loved the idea of knowing how to survive somewhere, but I don't know how I would know how to survive somewhere without like a book or, or a team with me. Or if I can keep using that phone, I guess I could keep asking experts how to build my, my shelter and how to make food and all those things. And so what I would do there is just knowing me, I can, I am, once I'm in that zone of being happy to not be a part of the world, I can do that for a while. I could probably do Am I by myself by myself? Yep. Okay. I think I could do, I could do six months if I had my partner Tom with me because he's such an amazing support system. He's my best friend. And so I would miss him ever so much if he's not there with me. So if he's not there with me, then I'm going to say two months, maybe three months. If he's there with me or if he can come visit once a month, then I think I could do about six months and I would just like write my book and I would, I would be with nature and I do my hikes and I, I know, I know I could absolutely love that. Good. Okay. Melanie, how can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Uh, well, you can email me at Melanie at Felician advisors.com. Uh, you can go to our website as well. Um, Volition, www.volitionadvisors.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Melanie Ewan, that's E W A N. So I'm very findable in many different places. And uh, in terms of last things, it's just I am so 
I'm so grateful that you had me on here on your, um, this episode, Robert, I think it's amazing that we have these, these, uh, types of programs here in Vancouver and I'm excited to see it grow. I think that we're going to see really interesting things happening for Vancouver. I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm always excited to get involved with more things, much to the chagrin of some people in my life. But, um, I love to hear about what people are, are working on and I love to connect with people. And so please do any listeners that want to connect with me, please do. Um, but I just want to, to thank you and to thank everyone in the community who's making this space the place that it is. Great. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Yeah, no problem. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the VancouverEntrepreneur.ca podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. And then connect with us on Twitter at VanCityPodcast and like us on Facebook. And you'll get all the latest news, including the BC Weekly Business Report, where you can find out more about what's going on in this fabulous province of ours. See you next time.